0: Welcome to the Brain Hickey Podcast, resources for marketers and entrepreneurs to help you leave a long-lasting mark on your audience, what I call a brain hickey. I'm your host, Adam Bensman. Hey, Adam here. Thanks again for tuning into the Brain Hickey Podcast. Hey, you may have noticed it's been a little bit since we put out an episode, and I just want you to know we are now back in action, and you will see regular episodes coming up with power-packed information. I've got some photos of ads I've seen out and about that we're going to reference, and and really dive into some nitty gritty fun, both concepts and reviewing ads that are working really well to help marketers, entrepreneurs, and even fellow copywriters really nail down their brand voice and the best way for them to portray their message in the written medium to drive sales and leave a brain hickey on their audience. Now today, the first thing I wanna talk about are some lessons learned from an email campaign that we just launched and all about simplicity and how whatever you think is often wrong. Now the reason I say that is whenever I've tested ads on Facebook and whenever I've tested email copy, oftentimes what I think shouldn't work or won't work performs best. Now why is that? We gotta think that as marketers and entrepreneurs, we focus so much on what we want to say. And it takes a very unique um, ability to kind of step outside of ourselves and really put ourselves in the mind of the customer. And you're going to say, duh, Adam, this is marketing 101. But I really mean that. Like, You need to actually act as if you are on the receiving end as a customer, reading or engaging or learning about something. Because so often, we try to explain what we do in ways that make sense to us. Now, I have an example for you. I'm working with a client of mine who um, we are doing a complete rebrand of their company. seems to be a common reason that, that people hire me is, rebranding, specifically repositioning, writing new value propositions and explaining their services that resonate, leave a brain hickey with their audience and help drive sales. So this one company who, I'm just gonna leave their name out just for um, privacy's sake, but their whole positioning statement, the real value add is that what they are, what they call vendor neutral, meaning they're not aligned with any particular company or their products. They're able to provide this holistic, unadulterated perspective on their particular services. And they said, Hey, we're vendor neutral. And I heard the word vendor neutral. I'm like, what in the world does that mean? vendor neutral. So what we're doing is trying to describe in a way to say vendor neutral that makes sense with the target audience. And this has been, I love doing this stuff. I love working in a positioning for value prop because we spend just so, so much time in our own mind talking about our services that we get blinders on on how other people interpret it. And again, about six hours in but via emails and phone calls and drafts. This is a big deal and it's a bigger company. We want to make sure we hit the, the ball out of the park. Again, every company has a different person that's going to be seeking out their services. Now this company does B2B products, excuse me, actually more B2B services. And we had to find out, well, who's the person that's seeking out the services? Do they have awareness and knowledge of your particular niche? Are they a decision maker or not? Are they doing info gathering? So crafting that message to, to tell a story the minute someone lands on that homepage to, to say, hey, that's me. They have my problem. They can solve it. And I like the way that they do things differently, right? We need to get that feeling across. So we've been really working super, super duper hard on taking ourselves out of our own mind's eye and out of our own, uh, taking the blinders off, so to speak, and say, okay, let's define who's searching for us. And we think of them so much. And what's their education? What's their level of awareness of our products? And then writing the copy that's going to resonate with them. Now, the way that we've structured this so far, and it's not 100% finalized, is the homepage is going to tell a story. So there's going to be a slider on top that's going to cycle between three of the biggest pain points that their target market has before they reach out for services. So boom, we're going to hit them hard and heavy. You're having this problem, right? With a question mark. Then their value prop, which their value prop is the greatest outcome, the highest benefit to the target market. And that benefit is, again... Very different than a feature. People get too lost in features of the what we do. The benefit is the result of what we do, right? So people buy to seek pleasure or avoid pain. So the benefit would be the pleasure, the pain avoidance that someone is buying. And then at the bottom is our kind of anti-industry positioning why we're different okay so that's just so you can see how we tell the story and then right beneath above the fold is a banner of all of the the big companies that this company's worked with and these are big companies i mean if i said them you'd know them and they're going to put the banners a, a, a string a banner together with all the little you know mini icons of these companies so it's resonate with the problem present the solution position yourselves as being different trust trustable, trustworthy, likable, sorry, trustable. This is a word, right? Um, Trustworthy, likable, and then building that social proof. And then again, even so much as taking their services where they have said, Hey, we have, these are our services and we've changed it to speak directly to people that either have a service already are looking for a new service or looking for training so new service existing service or training instead of just services right so we're we're creating different channels for people to really resonate with the problem that they're having for that brand okay so that's step one is really stepping into the mind's eye of the particular individual who's seeking out your services now in the um, b2c world obviously we just need to get into the mind of that consumer who's searching for your services so same exact concept just different approach than the B2B world. Now wanted to share with you some lessons that we learned from a new email funnel that we launched. And this email funnel was all about driving particular actions from a customer after they have purchased a product or service. And we worked in this, we proofed it. I, I mean, we had one, two, three, probably five different sets of eyes on it. We were like, this is simple. It's going to work. We've got it down. Boom. We launched it. What happened? Flop. Why did it flop? Truthfully, what happened is it wasn't simple enough. And I share this with you because even, you know, we all have to take a slice of humble pie here and there. And as a copywriter, oftentimes there's testing involved. That's why whenever I work with clients, I deliver multiple different options for things. So if we're writing a subject line on emails or ad copy, or we're, you know, I write podcast descriptions for other people and I provide multiple different options options because what I think might work, they're gonna say, oh no, my audience will like this, or it'll spark some other idea. And the best ideas come through collaboration in general, right? And and that's my role is to facilitate that collaboration. So what we learned is that people when they were engaging with the actions we were asking to take, and the actions in this case was to leave a review of the product or service after the the project was done, we formatted that in a way that that the reader interpreted that when they would click just in the email that they were done. We were not clear enough that there was future steps to take to leave the review. So what happened is so many people, when we looked at the Google, excuse me, not Google, wrong analytics, we looked at the email analytics is that, that users, they were engaging. We nailed it, right? But they didn't complete the actions because we weren't crystal clear that there was more to come. So we tweaked and then we said, this is great. Then we tweaked And we said, this is great. This is as simple as it can get. And we sat in it for like five more minutes. And all of a sudden, we realized that what we thought was as simple as it could get, we refined, I kid you not, five more levels down to the point that it was so crystal clear, even a five-year-old would get it. And that's the goal, is to have something so simple, so crystal clear. Sometimes you don't need a big brand voice. You just need to be direct. Because email communication in the written medium of any You know, not just email, but even Facebook ads. I look at Facebook ad copy and I just, I laugh to myself sometimes like, how does this stuff work? Because people's attention span is so minimal. You you literally just need to tell them what to do. I mean, think about it. As, as a society, as Facebook users or engagers, we now can post how we're feeling based on clicking an emoticon, and instead of a like button, we have an icon that shows our emotional expression, and then if we're on Pandora, you know, we can click rate right with a thumbs up or a thumbs down. You know, I, I joke, it's almost like we've gotten to the point like, mm-hmm, me want, click, you know, click there, or like, mark good, mark bad, you know, even... Netflix, who used to have a rating where you'd rate a show for like one to five stars, now what you do is you literally click thumbs up or thumbs down. Like we've boiled it down so, so horribly simply that it's almost frightening how simple it is. So what we want to do in our email copy is do the same thing, right? So even if... Um, we think we have it simple, revisit, simplify, simplify, simplify. There's this obsession with long form copy lately, right? And writing these emails that are long. And it's almost like the, the length has overtaken the essence of what's in the email. And I've done testing in my own emails that I've sent and a lot of this, the the like tips and tricks that I read about from copywriters and online marketers and digital marketers, they are, they're all like, okay, so you want to you know, tell the story and build the need in your email, and you want to get the whole story complete before the call to action of what they're going to click to at the end of the email. But ultimately, I've found that my highest click-through rates are when I put enough of a teaser of what's going on. Then I hint to where they're going to click and I put a link, but it's not like a bold click here. I like hyperlink some words and then I continue the story. Another link, continue the story, complete it with the primary call to action with some arrows, you know, click here to go to whatever. And I found that the links towards the top, that qualified person who's already intrigued, skip the fluff. People don't have time. If you want it, here, click here, boom, they go there. And I've found that again, majority of my clicks come up top versus on the bottom. And when more people click up top, I found that my conversion rate on some of the digital products that I've sold, they sell higher when they click up top versus getting all the way to the bottom. Now, some of the stuff doesn't make sense. But what I've gathered is that people like things brief and to the point, which brings me to my next point. <laughs> I was in the grocery store in Wisconsin. I was at a family reunion this last weekend and I've been taking pictures, which you're going to see in future podcasts of different ads that I think are hysterical or they work or they're fun, or I have some gentle critique. So again, walking through the grocery store, I at my mother-in-law's house and I'm looking at this picture. Aisle six, right? You know how at the grocery, they tell you what's in there. So I have coffee, jello, spices, cake mixes, popcorn, and baking needs. And I laughed. I took a photo of it and I said, why is the word needs in there? Right? We talk about being simple in our copy. Why put the word needs (laughs) over just the word baking? (laughs) Is it cake mix needs or cake needs or spice needs or coffee needs? No, they should have just said baking. And the reason that it made me chuckle is it's a print. It's a print sign. You know, the placards that hang. So it costs them more money too. And everywhere else you go, you just see baking, right? And again, it's straight, and it's to the point. And it's how people like to be communicated with nowadays. So anyway, I thought that was really, really, really funny. Um, Now, another thing that I wanted to bring up was the value prop on Niagara water that I saw at the grocery store. And I didn't even realize the value prop, I was literally putting this in the back of my truck, uh, this case of water to bring to my in-laws. And I saw the value prop on Niagara water as I'm setting it down. And I have a picture of it, which you'll see in the show notes here. It says, refreshingly healthy Niagara. Okay. Refreshingly healthy. Is that really the primary benefit or the most enticing thing that you want on bottled water, which has some of the best margins of any product in the world, I mean, you're taking a taking a near free resource and selling it in a package for more money. And I had, I you know, if you think about it, you're at a gas station and you buy one of those 16 ounce bottles of water for two or three bucks, figure out how much of that goes into a gallon. That water at a gas station cooler costs more than a gallon of fuel, a gallon of gasoline or diesel or whatever you run in your vehicle. So refreshingly healthy for the water. So I was just thinking about all these other brands that have successfully created a brand behind their water, like Evian and um, gosh, now of course that I said a brand, I can't even think of the one one with the little square bottle, uh, Fuji or Fiji, whatever it is you know, their positioning is about the source of the water, how crisp it is, but water being positioned as healthy. cracked me up. I'm like, come on guys, go back to the drawing board. What's going to get that person that walks by and sees a label and says that water sounds really good. You know, if they're all this, this is similar price. Um, is it the packaging is it the top? That's convenient. Do something that positions you as somewhat <laughs> unique, right? And I exaggerate somewhat. It should be pretty darn unique and not just refreshingly healthy. All right. Now, the other ad that I saw, uh, we were in a coffee shop. I'm, I'm a coffee connoisseur and there's a coffee shop. Um, it's in an old bank. It's really neat. You can actually sit in there uh, in one of the old vault rooms and you feel like you're in a little prison cell to sip your, your exp- espresso or whatever. So I walk into the restroom because, come on, I had a lot of coffee, right? I see the sign. It says, you can't pee for free. Rushrooms are for customers only. So this brings me to my next point. Having a voice in your copy that's unique and fun and playful is great right? People like to connect with brands and there is a trend. I talked with another client of mine. She says, Hey Adam, I really want when we're, when we're writing the copy for our website to be casual and playful. I know it's trending that way. And what's funny is I said, Hey Steph, it's not trending that way. It's always been that way. You know, if you look at all the, the biggest direct, um, direct mail copywriters in the past, they're all personal letters, but the reason that it's been changing is the level of how casual, those letters have become, you know, there was in the 50s and 60s, a little more formal cue in the writing. Uh, now it's like you can get away with a lot more, right? So the sign that says you can't pee for free, restrooms are for customers only, imagine. And I know this is semi counter what I just said about you know being simple, you could take out you can't pee for free and just have a sign up that says restrooms are for customers only. But how does that make someone feel? Because copy and good copy is all about eliciting some strong emotion from an audience. And if you don't do that, you failed. Everyone has a sign, restrooms are for paying customers only. It makes you look like a butthead. And I know you need to do it as a company, right? Or as a store or whatever. There, there's a reason for it. But to make it fun and playful, you can't pee for free. Now, if I walked up and it said restrooms are for customers only, there's a chance that I would say, oh, forget that. I'm just going in and take quick pee and then I'm out of here, right? But if I said, you can't pee for free, restrooms are for customers only, I'm going to chuckle a little bit. And chances are, I'm either going to leave or go up to the register and buy something small. And I did that the other day. I was out in California visiting a friend of mine. And now the sign didn't say it, but we were in there talking with the shop owner. I was going to, you know, I said, hey, do you have a restaurant? He goes, technically, they're for paying customers. I said, oh, not a problem. So I went and I bought like a candy bar, a protein bar. But the point is, is when you have this little bit of flair and you put a personality to it, people feel like they're doing business with a living, breathing organism that cares about them, that's that's you know trying to to make a name or make a living for themselves. Now, whether this is a brick and mortar or an online retailer, the point is it is really fun to bring some playfulness into your copy, bring a unique flair to your voice in a very casual tone, which yes, it is trending in this casual way, to the copy medium of your choice, whether it's a Facebook ad or an email campaign or web copy or whatever it is. Now, what I encourage you to not do is don't go over the top. It seems kitschy. We've all seen that stuff before. People roll their eyes. You need it to sound authentic, which we've talked about time and time again. But I'm gonna leave you with that. I hope you found some value today in learning about positioning, being playful, the art of simplicity, and bringing a casual tone to all the written mediums and all the copy that you produce for your brand. So stay tuned. We got more killer episodes coming soon. Hey, thanks again for listening. Access all your supplementary podcast goodies at brainhickey.com. Don't forget to click subscribe for new episode alerts. And hey, if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This is Adam Benzman signing off the brain hickey podcast.